0: Oh, just a quick one. Uh, I was just looking for my teaching contract. And obviously we've got directed time, which is the number of hours that we're paid for to do the job. But I was just slightly concerned because teaching time of actually delivering the lessons seems to take up pretty much all of it. And I was just thinking, when am I supposed to get these other jobs done? But I'm sure you've got an answer for me. When am I supposed to do my planning?
1: Well, you'll be really pleased to know that we actually build in two hours of release time for you every single week in the form of your PPA. And the P in PPA stands for planning.
0: Well, well, that sounds completely reasonable, I guess. I mean, a bit of a squeeze to get my planning done in two hours, but we'll give that a good go. Uh, In that case, then, when am i supposed to prepare the lessons you know print off the worksheets get everything ready for the lesson if i'm doing dt i've got to go and get all the resources obviously in my own time so when's that built in
1: so the second p in ppa stands for preparation and we give you two hours every week to do that all right that's that's the same two hours i'm getting my planning done in is it that's right
0: okay cool um interesting What about assessment then? And I'm kind of worried because I know what letter assessment starts with. So let's see what your answer is. How am I supposed to get that done every term? You know, fill in all those detailed analysis online. Um, That takes a long, long time. When am I supposed to do that?
1: Well, across the term, you'll have multiple weeks where we give you two hours of release time each week to get those jobs done. That's the, that's, is that, what is that
0: PPA? That's your PPA. Right. Okay. So PPA, I assume that's what they stand for. So surely then marking, you know, Ninety books a day, English math science. that is something else, right? We've got a different kind of provision for that. I get some extra time or I can
1: get paid extra for doing that work outside of my contract. What about that? It's funny, you should mention extra time because that's exactly what we've built into your contract. You are given two hours every week in your PPA to get that done. yeah, we we kind of established what PPA' is for though, and it's kind of not already enough time
0: for that, but all right, no, no problem. moving on., uh, we've got that sorted marking. My year group leader, here's the thing. my PPA is set for a Wednesday afternoon and my year group leader wants to have weekly meetings after school outside of directed time
1: on a Friday how on earth does that square up so some of your PPA time each week can be put towards those important meetings
0: my Wednesday PPA time can be put towards my Friday after school meeting is that what you're telling me
1: <laughs> that's right right
0: <laughs> okay completely unhinged um anyway Last thing, I did notice, obviously I'm in year six and the residential's coming up, very exciting. I've seen that the policy, so your rule... Tells me I have to leave my home for a week. Uh, uh, Fine. Okay, willing to accept that. Uh, Do I get a day in lieu? Do I put
1: in for overtime into the office? How does that work? Better than a day in lieu and overtime, we build in a whole day into your working hours. Across five weeks, you'll receive 10 hours of PPA. That's
0: that's PPA, isn't it? Yep. Okay, so my week-long residential away from home, uh, I'm supposed to do in the same time for one hour a week when I do my planning, my preparation, my marking, my assessments and my meetings every week, correct? (laughs) That's right, yeah. You've been listening to an advert paid for by the Department for Education. Join teaching today to receive two hours of release time a week to complete 15 hours worth of work. (laughs) Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Teach, Sleep, Repeat. This is episode six. My name's Dylan. And my name's Hayden. And we just want to start off by saying thank you for the response to last week. Hayden, it was a bumper episode, right? I mean, it
1: was like more than double the length of what we... Have done so far, so yeah.
0: I think uh, I did check; it was just a few minutes away from being the full feature-length film Shrek. So quite <laughs> wow, and probably better as well. <laughs> actually, I think far more <laughs> highlights. I'm sure from that podcast. Um, <laughs> So first of all, thank you for that reaction. We did ask people to fill out a poll on Spotify if they listened. And we did ask them on Instagram as well. And every single person said that they preferred the longer one or they didn't mind. So it looks like you guys are really enjoying this and uh, taking it all in. So thank you so much. We really, 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 really appreciate the kind words. We've had so much positive feedback. And it makes us even more excited to carry on doing these episodes. So thank you for that. And on the back of that, whilst you're there, guys. Lots of you have done this already as well, but I am going to ask something else. And uh, Hayden, you probably know what I'm going to say. A rating would be really good. A rating would be lovely. We've already got about 17, I think, on Spotify, Hayden. Yeah. Uh, And it just gives us legitimacy, right? When when people come along and they say, oh, this is a good podcast, seeing your reviews, they really help us out. And they've not been one star either, which is really cool. They've been five. So as many of them as possible would be really, really useful. Thank you.
1: That is pretty awesome. And they can also reach us on other platforms too. Is that correct, Dylan?
0: Yeah, on Apple, on Amazon, whatever you're listening to us on. Thank you. And, you know, whilst we're here, check out the old Instagram, eh? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's what I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We've posted loads on there. We'll continue to post because we started to film the podcast as well. So hello. You're not watching it live, but hello. Uh, If I make this into a reel, you'll see this.
1: (laughs) Please don't. Worst bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) no one wants to see this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're on Instagram at teach, sleep, repeat podcast. Give us a follow and join in on the chat. We have lots and lots of interactive things going on there. Um, and that's me done Hayden for all of this. So I wanted to ask you as always, how has your week been my pal?
1: I've had a great week. As always, actually I always have a great week. I had a funny week this week. I had some just funny moments with the kid, you know, and I just love those little bits. They stand out. Um, today, before you jump in, oh, on, I have on.
0: noticed, sorry, because I, I did think this earlier, we're getting better and better at not talking to each other in the week yeah i know it's kind of sad have you noticed because i think to myself i go to tell you something now wait wait i can put that in the podcast (laughs) so i don't come and tell you anymore um which is kind of cool in the way because i've managed to condense the amount of time i have to spend with you (laughs) to just one hour a week which is nice i did wonder
1: why you've been trying to get me to do a podcast for honestly years and i've realized now that this is it it's, you're so much happier now because i'm not talking to you every five minutes it's brilliant but now you've got it me. just forces you to condense it to the actual useful information i want to hear so how was your week right let, i want to well, hear it let me tell you okay because anyone that's listened to a, you know a few of our podcasts will know what i'm referencing here so i make up some silly games right Especially in maths, um, we had our my blow dart game. What was <laughs> that blow dart game? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my blow dart times tables game uh, last week, and I also talked about doing some times shootout games, right? And I just mm. loved this little moments this morning. It, you know, it's nothing crazy, but it just made me smile. Um, a kid ran into my mask glass and straight to me because I know if they ask quick enough, there might be a chance where I'm like, "Oh, go on then." Uh, they were like, "Oh, uh, can we? Um, oh, uh, can we play?" And then they didn't use words; they just did, "Can we play?" And the actions for pew, 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 shootout. and then just <laughs> pretended to hold a blow dart. I went, <laughs> 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 That's "So good!" And just this little moment, I was like, "Oh man, what have I done to these kids?"
0: Can you imagine uh, them going home and not using words and just using actions? Yeah. they like, Mr.
1: Stevens did what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm getting lots of trouble for this. But do you know what? Because they made me smile. I was like, yeah, we can. We're going to play both. So,
0: <laughs> and Do you know what I, you've done there? Do yeah. you know what you've done? You've got a child running into your classroom asking to do maths.
1: That's brilliant. I know. They're learning that. And I'll tell you what, their time are getting better because they don't want to lose because they get to stay up <laughs> and play again. It's, uh, it's having a weird impact. <laughs> Mummy, mummy, can I do some time's table rock stars tonight, please? <laughs> yeah? What, what's the matter, <laughs> darling? Are you, are you okay? Yeah, I just don't <laughs> want to get tranquilised tomorrow. No, mummy, I can't do it unless you pretend to shoot me. What? <laughs> mummy, I can't. I can't solve this Timestables. Can you just go and get that stick and pretend to shoot me with a blow dart? What? <laughs> it's 42. Six times seven is 42. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, listen, I've not had any complaints yet, so... We'll see. We'll see. Watch this space. Brilliant. I know you want to tell your stories, but I've just got this one other thing that happened. It's a bit of a throwback again to a previous week where, and you'll remember when I was playing the two truths and a lie game, I said that oh, a yeah. child responded to a question of mine with your mum. Like <laughs> your mum, yeah. I couldn't believe a kid said that to a question, like to my face. Anyway, so we were playing speed stacks in PE it's a bit of a cop-out PE lesson we do when yeah not the, very physical right no it, the, the hall was taken last minute like it was raining right. outside and our, we have two PE sure. lessons going on uh, yeah. it's a whole complex thing I won't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, But yeah. we couldn't do PE um, we couldn't do yoga in the hall which you know of oh, course no. I'm loving my stretching I didn't get my stretching in today so we did the speed stacks it's like a last minute thing the kids love it I don't know why mm. because they uh, do I, I, I was doing it I was like okay that was fun 10 seconds don't want to do that again. <laughs> yeah. Stacking some cups and they love it. 45 minutes straight, just oh. the stacking cups. They would do the it other. every week. Every week. They'd yeah. love it. Anyway, yeah. played a little yeah. competition with them. They had to have team names. And uh one of them just is really nice boys, actually, but they were just trying to be funny, make their t- make their class laugh. And they all have they all come up with funny team names, to be honest with you. And they can come sure. up with oh, chicken nuggets or something always comes yeah, up I, in these team names. Oh, some strange names. Some of them are trying yeah, to make yeah. look out of me as well. I can't remember what it was, but it was yeah. all good fun, you know, it was in jest. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh they, they were like, I was like, what's your team name? They were like, <laughs> your mum. <laughs> they were laughing like, <laughs> oh God. And Jake. I just sort of dead seriously was like, "Ah," oh. And uh, I, I pretended to get my phone out and was like, I was just doing this on the phone. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right, mum. Yeah, you need it for this game. <laughs> they were, At first they thought I was going to be, they thought I was about to like get them in trouble. They thought I was going to tell them off because I was a really oh serious my. face. Yeah, 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 you need it for this game. And I just went, turned to the whiteboard and just write wrote Mr. Stephen's mum as their team name. <laughs> and they were like, "No, no, 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 no. I was like, oh. Oh, I wonder why you're bringing my mum into this. Is it just, they're like, no, no, it's just your mum with a UR. <laughs> <That was it. laughs> well,
0: yeah, it just made me laugh. Throwback to a previous episode. Uh, what I like the throwbacks. I, I like them links. We're rewarding the returning customers.
1: <laughs> customers <laughs> they're, not, they're, not, they're not customers mate. they're not customers Go. we're not making any we're money not. yet not not from this <laughs> okay. podcast okay we're, give it you know give it a couple of weeks and we'll be raking it in oh uh, the mask slipped there didn't it customers you're <laughs> customers <laughs> mate. hello
0: listeners you know listeners anymore you're customers <laughs> <laughs> capitalism
1: has gone to the brain
0: oh literally it's after that Roll Dahl story oh it's all about capitalism
1: <laughs> see returning back rewarding yeah, them, oh, yeah, yeah rewarding those customers so
0: should we call them um let's call them clients isn't that better that's what yeah. they do isn't it in the in the marketing world and they're not customers
1: they're clients yeah we're yeah yeah down. okay can you tell the clients about your week <laughs> absolutely
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that i feel that's going to be a returning thing now uh yeah my week absolutely fine uh for my sins i'm a manchester united supporter and uh anyone who follows football knows that it was a bit of a dark week and um you know we were talking recently again linking back as to how we let you know we talk to the children we let them know about ourselves try and build that personal bond with them huge thing for me very popular obviously of a lot of children in our school is football so that's something that i feel is a really easy win to kind of get in and build those bonds with the children every single child in this school knows i'm a manchester united fan and this is where it does backfire because on monday morning (laughs) i was sat at my desk at half past eight children start coming in and i could see one of my lads outside right big football fan he stopped at the door and obviously <laughs> he turned and he'd seen someone, right? And I could see him cause he was one of the first ones in. And actually he didn't come in straight away. I was like, okay. He'd walked back off, right? Literally walked past my window because when they come in, they walk past my window to come through the door. Right. He turned around and gone back. And I was like, okay, interesting. A couple other people walk in, streaming in. Uh, and then suddenly I see him again, but he's with another lad in my class and they're walking in together laughing. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> you I know, knew. I know, I know that you guys are football fans. Anyway, so the class now has like six or seven people in, in this time where he'd walked back and they just walk in through the door and they go seven nil. To the Liverpool, (laughs) 7-0. But the rest of the class start joining in, even the ones who don't like football. All of them just chanting, 7-0. And I swear, every single child I've walked past, obviously where I'm a year four teacher, uh, I walk in the hall at lunchtime, the year fives might be eating their lunch. Mm. Every every single child, 7-0, 7-0. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, nice one. Every (laughs) single child I've walked past this week. But I really love it because... They love it. You know what I mean? They yeah, couldn't yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah. I was on break yeah. duty on Monday. Break duty, the whole school are out on the playground. Every two minutes, one of the, one of the uh, girls I taught last year come up to a huge Arsenal fan. She's like, hey, 7-0. And I was like, oh, it's Arsenal are good as well. I can't even give you any banter back. Yeah, so yeah. that was my week, uh, whole week of uh, every single
1: child who's into football I coming up to me. just love it. And I know you're probably the same. When children can find something that they can legitimately rinse you about, it's not like you know, it's not like something where they could get in trouble. Do you know what I mean? They're not. They're not, not like taking the actual mick out of you. They've just no. felt they latch onto it, don't they? Like you said, every child's like, "What? I can. Yeah, we can say this. His expense, and it's not. We're not going to get in trouble." Yeah, yeah Liverpool. But don't you think though <laughs>
0: that that genuinely that's a really nice thing to teach the children? Like it's it's a really nice thing to say. Look, we really strict. You know, our school, like every school, you cannot be mean. You cannot be horrible. You cannot pick on people. Bullying zero tolerance. But just teaching them for at your expense, almost that where that line is and, yeah. and being really clear with them, not being unfair with them at all, because you have these really strict lines saying that's unacceptable, but I've told you this information. You, we can have a joke. We can have a laugh and kind of them experimenting with that line and not going too hard on them when maybe they do cross the line because yeah. you've kind of yeah, opened yeah, yeah, that yeah. door for them and you're to, to
1: then like shut the door a bit unfair. You're sort of modelling to them humility as well, and showing Mm. them that it's like, oh, this is how you take a joke, by the way. Yes, this is how you take a joke. You see how I'm taking this, and I'm sort of giving a Mm. little bit back. I'm not getting offended Mm. or upset or like trying to be nasty to you now because you've embarrassed me a little bit. And it definitely does teach them. I think that I think you're right. It's it's something that I actively go out of my way to try and do every year of every class, and and I'll usually. Mm almost like identify the children or I'm like, oh, wow, they can't take a joke. Mm. Like they, they're the ones that go storm off and cry because of something like a little joke. And I'm like, right. The ones I who to- say maybe he, she looked at me like this and it's like,
0: yeah, I, but let's think about this. Probably that's okay. And it probably wasn't maybe a horrible thing for her to do. And I've had it before, especially in the football context. Um, someone come up to me once, one child was really distressed and I, you know, I wasn't saying he's wrong. You've got to make sure their feelings so, are, you know understood and you say what you're feeling is absolutely fine of course of course you can be upset at this um but then kind of just nudging them in the direction of well what can you do about it and and is it the end of the world because someone had said to him that his uh, his football team was rubbish that was literally Mm. it Mm. and and i I, you know taking those moments (laughs) to say i I promise you (sighs) i promise you as you grow up if you're into football People are going to say a lot worse about your team than they're simply they're rubbish. And it's just yeah, like, yeah. cool. Like learning where the line is, what's acceptable and what you can do to actually take the joke and and turn it and twist it into something funny and that everyone can laugh about.
1: I don't know about you, but I find that every year there's always one or two children, maybe a couple more who are just really, really, really bad losers, right? Like they're <laughs> sort of visibly less mature than the other children. They haven't sort of learned sure. that lesson that we're talking about now, that humility. And they kind of stand out as like, oh, Okay you know, you're, you're sort of being maybe a little bit, a little bit childish, you know, younger than your age in terms of your reaction to this. And I find that it's actually really hard not to, in the moment when they're sort of like sulking about losing or making a bit, you know, stropping or whatever to kind of pander to them. And it's taken me mm. years to learn to be a little bit harsher with them because I found that that does seem to work better. And it teaches them a lesson. I'm just, mm. like, I just call them out. Like, no, 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 you're, you're just, you're being a really bad loser right now. And it's, you know you're making a bit of a scene you're making a, you know making yourself a mm. look 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 a little bit silly in front of everyone you lost the game yes. you need to just get over it and then yes, ignore them. absolutely just just move on it's like the, i think those children perhaps through no fault of anyone because i would have done it as mm. well have been pandered to you know that they'll do that absolutely. and then someone will go no don't worry look, we'll play again we'll play another yeah. round and maybe you'll win that one and then yeah. go out yeah. of their way to make them win and then they're like mm. yeah but they just, and, and actually sometimes they don't, they
0: don't win that next game and it's worse. It's like <laughs> it, it just backfires, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and do you know what? I'm going to jump on what you're saying there because it, it's something that really frustrates me about people who do not work in schools. The kind of people who say, ah, oh, kids these days, there's no losers. They all win it. They share everything. Sports, day are no winners. And look, I know there are stories of that happening, right? But mm. it's just not true. There are winners and losers constantly in school. Friday Celebration Assembly is all about who wins trophies who wins tournaments, how we lost to the other schools when we came second, how we lost in the quarterfinals, how actually these children won the cross-country race. Let's give them a round of applause and then let's give a separate round of applause for everyone who took part. It's actually not really ingrained in the culture that we don't have winners and losers. And I think people kind of just read it in the press. Ah, like, oh, these snowflake generation, they can't have winners or losers. Well, actually, you know, a lot of the time there are. And, and children, like you're saying, we 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 recognize it's bad to not lose. If you go through your whole childhood not losing, you're going to become a bad loser. And I think one thing that always stuck with me was um, when I was younger, I was definitely that bad loser. A hundred percent that was me, right? Because I was ultra competitive. And I think as you get older, if you're not taught it, you kind of have to teach yourself that actually you're the annoying one. No one wants to play with you anymore. No one wants to play against you. If you win and you're happy and you gloat. And then you
1: lose and you moan and you complain. Someone was speaking to me in a school and it was earlier on in my career. So, you know, when those like kind of lessons come in and you just remember them, and you're like, oh, I never thought about that before. Absolutely. And um, it was that classic thing of like, maybe it was around sports day or something. We had to pick some children to take part in this competition. And, and my natural go-to was like, oh, don't just pick all the sporty kids. Try to be more fair and like pick a more, a fair selection, right? I think you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Absolutely. And someone was like, no, 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 no. They were like, no, no, pick your sporty kids. They were like, because there are... 12 other competitions going on this term for all of the different academic things and stuff in school and celebration assemblies. And quite often, and we're sort of playing on stereotypes here, but they were saying quite often those sported children the ones that are really into that sport, that's their only passion. And they don't really like maths. Or they don't really like English. Obviously, that's not always the case, but it is sometimes. And they were like, so don't don't deprive them of potentially the only chance they're going to get to win something because you're too worried about the way it looks. You know, you're too oh, but that child maybe has, you know, I, I don't want it to look like I'm just favoring the ones that are into sports. Like, No, do pick them because that's what it's for. Like they want to go and compete in this thing. And that's what they're good at. And And I
0: remember this vividly because that teacher was the art expert at school. And she made that exact point about art, right? Because she said, we're doing an art competition this term and all the artists will be celebrated. And the ones who come up with these unbelievable pieces of art, they'll be the ones at the front who get shown off because they're unbelievable artists who've done this amazing work. And the children who, like you just said, who are sporty, who maybe aren't bothered, aren't interested, don't enter that competition. Suddenly, when it, like you said, when it becomes sports day, maybe they're just, you know they're frustrated because, no, this is where I excel. Yeah, and this is yeah. where actually we should let those children excel and let everyone else see what excellence in something looks like mm. and join in. It, it, it's not either or. It can be both, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Rather than taking it away from them and, and just showing them that it's like, no, it's not about how good you are. It's about making everyone feel good. So we've put you exactly. up here with these other children who have no interest in the sport just to look good. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I think I think, yeah, they were right. And I, it was a good lesson to learn.
0: It was really good I, I love those lessons because i still draw on them now and i bet every teacher does that those those teachers who really in their early stage of the career properly molded the kind of teacher they are because yeah. where, you know whether you like to think it or not and i like to say this all the time my student as a student when i went into a school to train for my first year um still good friends with this person and you're good friends of her as well she I, I walked in and i was in awe i was in awe of her teaching and I remember thinking to myself, like after even half a day of someone who'd never been in a classroom before, I thought to myself, cool, I'm just going to copy her because <laughs> she does everything exactly. She's happy. She's lovely with the children. She's patient. She doesn't shout. She listens to them. She's firm. She's strict and fair. And she was just helped me so much yeah. that I, I always tell her now I say, you know, you are me like you are what i want to be as a teacher and that's what i've modeled myself on
1: i think i learned 99.9 percent of everything that it means to be a teacher and all of my teaching skills uh when i got the job and you know that might sound like i'm just saying oh i didn't work very hard in my training year but genuinely that's just it's just something else isn't it having your own class and suddenly it really is your responsibility and not kind of you know not doing essays and and having to go to university every now and then or whatever your course is I just, yeah, I look back and I'm like, oh man, no, my, my PGCE year, my training year, that was great. It gave me all the pedagogy and the foundation and the knowledge, and sure. that, but that NQT year, that first year, or my, my what would be an ECT year now, that's where I learned everything, absolutely 100%. everything from stuff like that, seeing other people. Um, how many how many
0: weeks, I'm going to ask you a strange question here, it's like a hypothetical, okay? So you did a one-year course to learn how to become a teacher at university, right? Yeah. How many weeks into the job Did you feel like you learned more than what you did the whole year before?
1: I reckon within a month. So four weeks probably. Yeah. Yeah. The first time. Yeah. Yeah. Let's call it a term to be safe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that just goes to show what you're saying. And I think most people have the same thing. There is no replacement for doing the job. And Mm. I think if you're, what, what you need to have before going into your first year is probably really strong subject knowledge in in like the basics in the foundations. Yep. You're never going to know the ins and outs of ancient Egypt before you start because you, you might be teaching the Maya, you might be teaching ancient, you might be teaching about rivers, you might be teaching about, you know, mm. wh- whatever it is that you've got specific mm. to your curriculum in the afternoon. You don't need to be a master at that, but the basic English and maths um, curriculum and science, I'd say. If you're strong at that, cool. That's That's almost, and you know, your basic pedagogy, that's almost
1: yep. all you're going to need before you start, isn't it? I didn't know what I was doing when I started. I'm not, you know, I'm not afraid to admit it because I think a lot of people feel like that, and they don't want to admit it because we're like, oh no, we have to pretend that we know everything. I, mm-hmm. I didn't have the foggiest clue what I was doing when I started, and I, like you said, that first term, I just learned everything. I learned everything, and. You know, I look back, and it's funny because I was super worried about it all. And I look back, and I'm like, no, we were all, we were all there. We were all there. Some are people, you know, some are more confident than others. It's just natural. But I can confidently say I was on I was on the bottom end of that spectrum. I did not know what I was doing, <laughs> and I picked up on the job. And it didn't take long to put all of that training into practice and make it make sense. Put it all together.
0: And how invaluable? Just on this note, how invaluable was it going and watching teachers teach?
1: It well, it, the the most valuable thing. Without it, it would have taken infinitely longer do you know what i mean that's Mm -hmm. where i picked it up that's how i got good was just that's where you take something and back into your classroom and do it yeah exactly yeah and you start to understand because you're doing it in your classroom you start to understand why it works or why you do it it's not just in a book anymore
0: yeah for sure and and like i think what we're going to have to do is I'm really looking forward to this. Again, there's, we've got a whole list, but we'll, I think we'll do a whole
1: episode on starting <laughs> off as a teacher, maybe training, yeah? That's going to be our new thing. Every episode now we will say <laughs> we're going to do a whole episode on something else and one day it'll be an episode. Well, we've we... got directed time. We've got uh, training. Yeah, so. yeah. We've we, we had some other things as well, didn't we? Anyway. We've got a whole list, yeah. Should we move on? What I really wanted to get into this week again,
0: Hayden, because like you said, the list is as long as our arm. Luckily for you guys, if you enjoy the podcast, we've got enough content until Christmas 25. So, you know, that's got <laughs> a long time to go. Um, what I wanted to talk about this week was something that's really specific to us, I suppose, but that I am really passionate about talking to other people about. Mm-hmm. And it is surrounding basically... Um our careers. Our careers have gone on very similar paths and how we've ended up right now, both of us, we work part-time in school. We do three, four yep. days a week. It's been a long journey to get there. What we want to do, uh, is talk about, you know, the pros and cons of going part-time, but to give a real context of how we got there, because we did start as full-time teachers and we, uh, were in that almost honeymoon phase of being a newly qualified teacher, absolutely loving the job. And we just wanted to give the context of our business that we have outside as well. And, and how the kind of the two interlink and, and just yeah. talk to you guys about how, you know, the, the job is stressful and, and how we over time have come to a kind of conclusion that it's all about balance and it's ended up with yeah. us being three days. Well, we've, week, we've, so. you
1: know, we've been on that journey of, um, if thinking of like a stress journey in time, right? We, I think we've been at the bottom. We've been at the top, you know, and I think mm. that's part of the story. Um, do you mind if I jump in and talk about? Go, go uh, for I'll it. Pass a little bit. So you'll probably notice, guys, that there's a little logo in the bottom left of our um, <laughs> of our podcast. What's it called? Picture, our icon, uh, and that is. Top it's top called tutoring. a picture, mate. It's, a, it's picture. a picture. <laughs> I was like, what's, yeah. the, what's the thing? What's the word? Thumbnail. What's the that's word the one for the, the thing what's on the, the. What's, the, what's, the, what's the word for that I thing think. that we've made like five thousand oh. across our YouTube thumbnails? That's the one. Thumbnail. Thumbnail. So. But so back in our community, obviously we had that honeymoon period, absolutely right, where we were just like, every part of our life was teaching and it was just, it's something else. And we loved it? it. And we yeah. loved it. Yeah. 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 It's, but it's everything, you know, you're hot, you're consumed by it because we were so passionate, so into it. We didn't want to do anything, but think about it. Um, and obviously the best part of teaching is, as we've always said, being in front of the kids. Like we love being in classrooms, but it didn't take too long. I'd say a year or two to realize that teaching is a lot more to it. And you know, I won't go into the details because we have talked about it in a previous episode, but to summarize, there is a ton of admin There was a lot of marking. There was a lot of planning. There was a lot of other stuff that goes around teaching. And we were like, huh, well, this bit sucks. (laughs) You know, this is not the, this like, that's not the good bit. This is the bit that we, you know, we just have to do. Can I jump on that really quickly and make another point on that?
0: Because it's linked to that. And like you're saying about the admin sucks and stuff, what we also noticed was, and maybe you guys on the ladder of the main pay scale feel this, we kind of knew already where we'd be in five years. So after one or two years of teaching... You know, we could look at the pay ladder, the stagnating pay ladder at the time with you know, <laughs> 0% increase. And, you know, we could see that in 2025, whatever it was, we're going to be on X amount of money doing this many hours still, um, and watching house prices completely outrun that. And and just notice that we're getting further and further away from being able to afford our own place. We wanted to get on the ladder quickly as soon as possible. And the only way to do that really uh, was to try and become an assistant head or a head in that time, which wasn't realistic after two, three years of teaching. And plow our whole lives into it, or come up with another way of trying to make some money that's time efficient and, like Hayden could carry
1: on saying now, is mm. the part of the job we love. So, I'll jump straight into what we did. You know, we got into tutoring, as a lot of teachers do. And it was, a, I remember, I still have a vivid memory of walking down a corridor with you and just talking about how I'd always had this idea. I've always, I've always been into sort of business anyway, and I like the idea of making something. And I was like, I want to do something with tutoring, I want to make like a tutoring business. And I remember talking to you and you were, we, you know, we were fair, not new friends at this time, but we were only like a one or two years into our kind of friendship. Well, and, you think about the fact that, you know, it was only through
0: working in the same school that we kind of became closer friends, I suppose, yeah. rather than just acquaintances.
1: And your response was very much in line with like what I was thinking. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, we're very much on the same wavelength here of, of this kind of passion to make something else. Um, and that's that's kind of where it was the idea was born and it just progressed from there. And then one day we'd spent all this time dreaming and talking about, yeah, we should do a business. We could, we could start tutoring. We could do this. We could do that. I think and a you lot of like, people can resonate with that,
0: by the way, the idea of, you know, a lot of people do think they go, Oh, we can do this or that. And, and, and it's all about kind of just trying it, just doing it.
1: Yeah. And that's what you did. We, we did the classic thing. We talked about it a lot as most of us do, we talk about it, but never do it because it's, it's a lot to do. And you were like, let's just do it. Mm, I remember and saying I was like, yeah, yeah, we should, we should. And you were like, no, like literally, let's like, let's literally make a business right now. Let's go on mm. company's house, the government website and just make it. And we thought <laughs> we of the did. name.
0: We, yeah. I remember we, we went to your house that evening. Um, like you said, just taking that first plunge, right? That's what started this business off because we could have really easily just not done that. But it took us what, 10 minutes? We thought of the name, yep. Gen- honestly. That's why it's <laughs> Top Dog Tutoring. <laughs> As you can tell. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> we did ages. Yeah.
0: Oh, what's a what's name for someone who's good at something? Top, oh, dog. top Dog. <laughs> there, yeah, cool. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Oh, we're tutoring. All okay. right. All right. Top Dog Tutoring. Nice
1: one. <laughs> I, know, I know that you're thinking of a funny story we can tell later about our name, but we'll come back to that. Right, listen up just oh, want to hear there's, there's a hilarious story about our name, but we'll come back yeah. to it. Um, so yeah, we st- we started our company. We started- we were super buzzing because we love teaching, and we were like, hey, what's? How can we do this thing where we only teach? We're like, let's make our own tutoring company, and then we can literally teach, and it's going it's to be like, amazing. Oh, all this admin bogging us down from the top down. Oh, SLT making up the. Wait a minute. We are
0: SLT of our own business. We
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did it. So you know, being passionate and, and and a bit younger then, we didn't we didn't have our own houses and stuff. We were still working on that. We were really really driven to do this thing. And like you said, we're at the bottom of the ladder. We We needed more money if we were ever going to have any chance of of getting on the... On the um... Just for a context, very quickly, our annual salary was
0: uh, about, I think we worked out the time, it was 12 times less than the average house price in our area. 12 times less. You think about a mortgage is four and a half, five times. We had no chance and we needed the 10% deposit.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there was a lot of driving forces here. Um, and obviously, we bounced off our passion as well for for teaching. So it was, there was just everything was just in, going in the right direction for us here. So we did it. We made we made a tutoring company, and it was on top of our full time jobs. And that's an important context because actually, that you know that that is enough to put off a lot of people. It's it's an exhausting job as it is. So we started building this, this company, but it was mainly on our our weekends and it was our, it it quickly consumed kind of every evening as well and started eating into our actual time.
0: And I think the big thing point here to make is that we fully understand that not everyone's in that position. If you think about people with families, that's just impossible. Yeah. If you think about uh, people, you know, with caring duty, you know. It, we we very much took advantage of the fact we were in our young twenties living at home. Yeah, we we could just plough our time into it. So we're not saying, hey, why doesn't everyone just do this? Because there's no, nothing not more all. annoying than when business owners say, why don't you just do
1: seventy-hour weeks all the time? Because no one wants to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you see some like di- some diary from uh, some CEO. Oh, that's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was you trying to avoid the name. name. I was like, ah, oh, don't say the, the name. name. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, <laughs> just a book or anyone, you know. And they're like, yeah, yes. And then you look into the history, and it's like, yeah, mm. millionaire parents. <laughs> it's like, they were just give. They've just given the time and money to do it. But you know, we recognize our own privilege. That's for sure. We were really privileged to be living at home still at the time. We had that free time. We didn't have a family to look after all this stuff. But you know, we jumped on it. And but it was stressful still. I'm not going to say like, oh yeah, it was just. It was just you know, it was a dream from there on. It was easy. It was very, very time consuming, and it absolutely ate into our personal lives.
0: I think it kind of accelerated our thoughts towards um, you know thinking that teaching is not long term.
1: Yeah, it's kind of depressing, isn't it? But it's something that a lot of people. A lot of people agree. With, I think teaching is not long-term. And usually when I ask someone, do you reckon you'll be teaching at 65? You know, I'm, mm, I'm talking to people no. that are like in their thirties and they look at me as if like, that's obviously you're joking. Of course mm. I won't be. They, they, they then they usually say things that like, I won't be doing this in 10 years. There's no way it's a yes. burnout job.
0: And do you know what someone said to me once was, um, I asked that same question because I always find it really interesting because I've genuinely never heard someone say yes. Right. So that, that's crazy to me. Like what mm. a situation for a job to be in. Um, and, it really hit me when they said, uh, no, 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 no. You, look, worst com- you know, if, if I have to take a job, I'll just I'll just go and work in a shop. Like, yep. I'll just go and work in a shop. Obviously, I worked in Asda. Absolute saints work in those shops. Um, but the idea of a teacher with such a skilled, like, set of very precise, isn't it, being a teacher? It's mm-hmm. a very, you know, a certain set of skills. Saying that they don't want to continue using them because the job is so toxic to them in the long term and burns them out that they want a job that's different somewhere else where they don't have to have yeah. those out of work stresses. They want to go home and
1: that's the end of their job. And we definitely recognize that. I think we were very observant. We listened to a lot of other people and we could see that future. Like you said, we saw our pay progression and we were like, oh, okay. So that's kind of it in a, in a few years time. And, um, and no one seems to be lasting in the career forever anyway. So we kind of need a, kind of need another way out of this rat race for ourselves. And, that's kind of you know there's there's all these factors that were born into into the into the kind of tutoring company but that was five years ago so we've we've built this company over five years and the first three and a half almost four years of that time we were building that company on top of our full-time teaching jobs and i can speak for both of us when i say that that curve of kind of stress and Mm. time we were having to put into the business as it just naturally grew because we were passionate about it and and we're very driven to keep growing. We didn't want to just sort of stop. Yep. It, it, it you know, we, we hit the top, didn't we? It was yep. like, we can't keep doing this. And we it both had platform. a bit of a, uh, over the summer holidays, wasn't it? We sort of had a, mm. a discussion. I remember meeting we were like, we're burning out. Mm. We are going to, if we do this for another year, we're going to burn out. Like we're not as young as we were. So it makes us sound really old. <laughs> it's true. We're not, you know, we, we're we not in that honeymoon period anymore. It's it, We're finding more and more stresses of this job we can't do this. So what do we do at that point?
0: It became more and more realistic for us. Still a risk. Okay. Because at this point I would say we started to do some maths, basically we started to say, okay, you know, what is the maths of going part-time? And this really shocked me, even though I kind of knew the logic, I kind of understood what would happen if I took the hit. It was nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. So, we did some maths basically. The idea of the part time contract is that we are worked three days a week out of five. Okay. So, where our time in school reduced by 40%, which means we can spend days on our business, which we needed to, which freed up our weekend, which we were ending up doing it in then. Uh, our 40% time reduce. Hayden, you tell them the number. Yeah. yeah what yeah, did yeah. our pay go down by?
1: Well, I'm just going to hype this up a bit more because most people would naturally assume well your pay packet will go down 40% and that's what people do when they calculate it. But it doesn't because if you think about the way tax brackets work, I won't go into the details. We actually ended up losing from our take home pay almost precisely 25%. Mm. So it was like, hang on, we're losing a quarter of our pay, but gaining 40% of our time, two days, two fifths of our time back. It was not as bad as we thought, right?
0: Not nowhere near as bad, and I think one of the biggest points for us at that point was to look at the difference, right? And I would implore everyone to do this. And I'm I'm well aware we're in the midst of a cost of living crisis. I'm well aware that we are on strike for our pay going up at the right level. So me sat here then also saying, "Have you thought about going part time?" Might be a little bit condescending, but not the point we're trying to make though is it's worth looking at the maths for your well being and for your time, yeah. especially. Number one, if you have dual income in your house and, you know, that time can be used doing something else and your partner might earn a certain amount where your bills are already covered. But number two, if you are thinking of doing some kind of side business, um, trying to do something extra as well, where actually that amount of money, the tipping point for us was where we were earning the difference and a bit extra. So we are actually from from our business on the side, we could say, cool, we can take off and take the hit from our pay. But actually, replace it with what we're doing with our business. So, at no point was this as much of a risk as what it might be to a lot of people. So, we understand that. When again, we're not here being these people saying, well, yeah, we started the business. Why don't you just start a business and go part time?" <laughs> no, it's risky. We did minimal risk as as we could because we got the business to a point where we could replace that income, um, and we've not really looked back since, have we? How's your well being been, Hayden? Because we, you know, we talk about it every now and then, but I'm actually really interested to just to take a moment of reflection now and that for me it's it's allowed me to fall back in love with teaching more than i did at the point where i was kind of just burnt out and don't get me wrong of course we talk about the pros and cons of teaching but it allowed me to really just focus on going in for three days and giving quality teaching as much as i can with someone who isn't an exhausted shell of a man
1: yeah it's, it's same similar for me it's like it's allowed me to compartmentalize my time a bit more because as you know, like ne- neither of us are particularly well-organized when it comes to like compartmentalizing our time normally. And what mm. we'd were, what we fallen into was this amalgamation of we just work every hour of every day, kind of. You know, it was like we get to the evenings. Oh, have we got stuff to do? Yeah, we kind of need to do this and this. Oh, okay, get to the weekend. Oh, I've got to do planning for that. Actually, we need to do some stuff for the business as well. Mm. And it was just eating our time. So for me, the, the well-being improvement that I've had is... When it gets to Saturday and Sunday now, I know exactly what I'm doing and it's usually the fact that, that I've done all of the business stuff on that mm. on that Thursday and Friday and I've managed to do my Monday to Wednesday is I've done the school stuff and my weekends are back to me again, which is nice after many, many years of not really having that luxury anymore
0: through our own creation, you know? Uh, yeah, and, and exactly that and it was, you know, we played the long game and it, and it has paid off and... Again, we're not just saying this, but hey, look what we've got. It's a genuine conversation about, um, you know, flexible work. And it's a big thing for people coming back from maternity pay, uh, maternity leave, sorry. And it's a big thing just in general for lifestyle. We've seen in the private sector, I don't know, you you must have seen it in the news, Hayden. They did a huge um, uh, experiment of the four-day working week where they literally took a day off. the, The pay stayed the same. Some businesses went from an eight-hour day to a ten-hour day, so it was still forty hours if that makes sense. So four yeah. lots of ten and eight, fi- um, whatever that is, eight times five. So it was like the same hours, but they were way more productive. And the idea of th- the the well-being impact from having an extra full day—it mm. it takes away from your weekend. I, I I hated Sundays. Sundays were just a day of cool. I will do the planning, then we'll do the washing, then we'll do the housework, then we'll do the shopping. Yeah, it wasn't day a day to yourself. It was it was another day of work,
1: but just making
0: sure the house was running.
1: And I know I know this is there's another analogy that's even like related to teaching. I know this is true because um, I've, I've spoken to loads of teachers now uh, where some of them have part-time contracts where they work every morning. So they uh, still yes. do five days a week. They just finish at maybe like 12 or whatever. And I spoke to other people who aren't on the same contract in terms of pay, but like us, they'll do it in days rather than mornings. And they work three days and 100% every single time. The people, some of them have done both, actually. They're the most valuable people to speak to. Or well, they've switched across. Um, My planning partner, my, my partner teacher, my job share teacher literally has done that, come from mm. five mornings and said, it's just so, so much better to have an actual day of not working, even though the three days she does, the hours are the same, mm. but they're condensed into three days. And because when you work five mornings, you're still working five days. Your days are kind of, it's a work day. You know, it's hard to be like, oh no, it's not a work day. It's a half work day. Well, You still worked for like four or five hours in the morning. It's a work day.
0: If you're getting up before seven and having a shower, that's a work day in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Not not having a shower in general.
1: I mean, having a shower before seven. (laughs) Hang on a minute, Dylan. I'm pretty sure you never get up before seven and never have a shower. So.
0: Okay. I'm really looking forward to this one because it seems like over the last few episodes, we've had like a new feature every time and they're they're always really cool. And they're kind of born out of you guys sending us stories because I'm constantly asking them on our Instagram. So if you haven't heard or you're not there already, teach, sleep, repeat podcast, go and have a look on our Instagram because I'm constantly asking for questions and I'm constantly getting really cool stories. And we've had one message that kind of sparked a thought in me that has now snowballed. And we've got some from different teachers as well and different people and and also just past experiences that we've heard of. We're gonna do a new section now, Hayden, and it's called confessions of a teacher and I know that you've got some ready as well that I haven't heard I've got some ready that you haven't heard and I just thought we could bounce off each other now and these are those really really embarrassing stories that are completely harmless but if you ever got caught or if someone saw these situations you would just be horribly embarrassed so they're all anonymous (laughs) of course you'll have to guess which ones are actually us and we're just trying to pretend they're anonymous because I'm sure Hayden's gonna have a few in there that's really him um so I thought we could get started we're just gonna go back and forth here I'm going to read them out and we're just going to blind react to each other's, okay? All right, go for it. Okay, number one. I once sat down on my teaching chair during teaching time.
1: That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is there more to this? Are we going to... Re- you were just seeing how to react to last it's week. It's a
0: throwback.
1: <laughs> wow, our customers are going to love that. Wow. <laughs> Go on, oh, do the real one. <laughs> so
0: embarrassing. Ha, ha, ha. Gavin Willitson caught me sitting down. I'm so lazy. Ha, ha. <laughs> Right, okay. Real first. One. <laughs> go on, go on, go on. I once... Oh, God. I once went four terms from Christmas until the end of the year <laughs> without once looking or marking at the <laughs> afternoon work of my class.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm exposing, how? exposing the truth. How do you... How? Oh, you know how? You know how, Dylan? Because people are just so busy marking English and maths <laughs> that they're like, Ugh.
0: No, 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 no. I'm, you know, I'm not saying how has this guy done that. I'm saying how has he got away with it or she?
1: Oh, I see. I thought he was trying to be like, how, is, how could he not mark? I was trying no. to justify why they no, might I, not I, be no, doing it. No, <laughs> completely.
0: There's nothing okay. more demoralizing than sat down at the end of the day and seeing a maths pile and an English pile
1: and a topic pile. Yeah, But I that just don't true, understand though. how, do you, how do you get it. Yeah, because- I mean, it depends what school you're at, I guess. I've, got, yeah. I've just thought most schools do like things like book looks and stuff. And I thought it was hilarious. Like, I thought And it was Four just terms. like
0: it was said in a proud way as well. <laughs> it was said in a yeah. proud way to yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, uh, just clarify know? quickly. It's not mine. Yeah. Uh, Anyone's listening?
1: Oh, little. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anyone's listening? Did they, they did a little little eye twitch there? Could be. I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, well, this one's th- this is funny because you've not seen this confession that I've got, and it's hilariously related. And I'm not going to lie, kind of one-ups your story. So you ready for okay, this? Okay. All right. Gone. Someone go on. wrote this in. Marking at primary is ridiculous. I'm glad they started with that. Clearly, listen to our podcast. Hours upon hours every day looking through children's work just to do it all again the next day. One time in my first two years of teaching, as a little win for my own sanity and personal time, I managed not to mark my RE books for two years. (laughs) Two years before anyone noticed. And I just pretended that I thought it was policy not to question their thoughts and beliefs. What a (laughs) rubbish excuse. Got away with it. Got away with a simple, you're an idiot look from, from the peers. Oh, that's unreal. That is unreal. What a line to come out with,
0: like on the cuff. Like, Two years. Oh, I thought it was wrong. As if, as if also, we don't only teach like, we, RE isn't just, what do you think? Every week, <laughs> and they write I down know. their thoughts? We learn about different religions. Yeah, so my class actually, they swap religions every time. And I don't want to
1: question them. So. <laughs> it's all about their beliefs. And actually, I don't, I don't think it's right to write in their books because it looks like I'm questioning them. <laughs> i can just imagine some <laughs> terrible excuse to get away with it so there you go that's very funny it. that it's like basically the same story yeah that's 10 out of 10 okay i've got another one here and i'm
0: actually jealous of this i want this story i want this confession to be mine and it's not and when this came in i thought oh my gosh cool. so this person says i have secret access to the stationary cupboard key and feel like I've won the lottery. I have (laughs) to get into school before 7am or stay after six so that I can raid the cupboard, but I have glue sticks galore and all the colored post-it notes that you could imagine. I, so I, I was, I honestly, I replied straight away to this one saying like, what? I am so jealous. What and she, she just went, yeah, a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. The idea of getting <laughs> in, trying to get in before SLT to go into a cupboard because you have no, none of it otherwise.
1: Why is I, it in there anyway? you need it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. I bet every school has at least one captain hoarder, just the person <laughs> yeah. they know to go to is like, they're always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. We won't tell SLT, don't worry. But I've uh, got, sorry. I've got like, you know, 50 boxes of pencils back in it. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Like, I've just, over the years, I've not used, them, I've just stacked them up. <laughs> Like just I said, no, oh, we true. kind of need them. We kind of
0: need them. Please, can we have them? <laughs> can we have them? Yeah. Uh, so she went on to say, not even our deputy heads have access to the sacred key. <laughs> the TA oh, wow. that worked with me last year mentioned she was given a master key for some reason. And I told her to guard it with her life and tell no one. So she actually keeps it, but she goes to her for access. So she doesn't even have the key. It's the ultimate crime. It's the <laughs> ultimate teacher confession that if someone came around and said, um, someone's been accessing it. Have
1: you got a key? Right, like, no she doesn't she doesn't even have the key no she even that's, have the that's key. like ruthless to be, i would be able to do that i think i'd, I'd yeah. go red honestly it you know, reminds me that a lot of our um you know that you know that unbelievable pristic story that we're going to tell at some point I, oh yeah, yeah we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. save it we'll save it but it just reminds me of that i've got another confession here okay so another one written in um i've actually forgotten it i'm gonna read it myself again and work out what it is A school i once worked in oh yeah used a really complex digital teacher assessment tracking tool where we had to assess all of the children against hundreds of objectives across multiple subjects. So if anyone doesn't work in a school, it is exactly that. Assessments by teachers based on what you think the children can do based on your lessons, your marketing. Sure. Okay? And just keeping track of every objective you teach can be quite time consuming. We were so they given don't necessarily no...
0: do like a piece of work, right? They, it's just what you think at the end of the lesson.
1: Yeah, basically. And and I mean, this will clarify when they okay. do it. So it said we were given no additional time, classic, to do it. And it was just expected to kind of get done magically after every lesson all week. So I guess that was the idea, right? They had to regularly update this assessment of these children, whether they got the objective or not, or like excelled or whatever. Because they went nowhere and teacher assessment was overridden by test scores anyway, I just used to wait until they finished their tests and make up all the backdated of <laughs> teacher assessment so that it matched their <laughs> test scores, right? And I'm, and, I, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see that. But this bit is even better. One time I was called to the office to talk about my teacher assessments and I knew I'd been caught. Turns out I was praised for having such accurate assessments and I was asked (laughs) to lead a staff meeting on how to use the tracking tool effectively. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, quite funny. Backfired in a way.
0: That's unreal. Yeah, because then you have to go in and and tell them the really uh, stringent way that you do them.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, they (laughs) would have just had to completely blag it when they completely blag it in that meeting.
0: (laughs) Guys, it's, it's really easy actually. It's really easy. Wait until you see what they get, and just put it in after. <laughs>
1: yeah, Walk Guys, out, you know walk how, out the room. Um, yeah, you know how our teacher assessments don't sort of go to anything ever. So what <laughs> I did was I just didn't do them, and then when we did those tests where the scores do go, I just use them. <laughs> it's when you're when you're it's when you're, it's when you're sat in
0: you're, yeah you're sat in a pupil progress meeting at the end of the year, and they just whip out the test scores. Like, oh, are you gonna use
1: any of that stuff that I did every time for that? Ho- no. <laughs>
0: No, no, no. Okay. All right. Oh, no problem. Yeah, no problem.
1: Why do we do it? Uh, well, just in case someone asks. Aren't you the people oh. that ask? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a case Say officer it. come in. Say the oh, old right. word. Exactly. Exactly that. Exactly <laughs> case that. officer come in. So we look like we're doing teacher assessments, even though no one cares about them. We haven't used them since 2014. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Got you. But
0: hey, ho, here we are. This is the wonderful word of teaching, guys. I've got another one. Okay. Uh, this one, this one really, really cracked me up because it's not me, but... I absolutely resonate with this, and I've got a joint story that comes on after it, okay? All right. So, uh, as we all know, as teachers, just for the context, when it's someone's uh, birthday in class, they quite often bring in some sweets. They bring in something f- to give to the class. Uh, at the end of the True. day, we sing happy birthday, and they get some sweets, uh, to one for each child. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this story, it really cramped <laughs> up. Uh, so, this boy is this boy's birthday. He'd brought in sweets, and they were those uh, bags of Haribo. Okay, so bags of Haribo and you end up with like 12 in a bag and they bring in loads. There's always some left over. So once the children went, he'd left (laughs) a bag and it had 10 to 15 of those small Haribo packets left inside. The teacher walked back in after a long day after dismissing his children, saw there were 10 to 15 Haribo packets left, uh, ate all of the Haribo, marking, didn't think much of it, Going through his books. And then at 20 past four, after club finished, which were the boy in question actually went to club, came back to see him to pick up his sweets. <laughs> as, those, oh no. as, as those leftover sweets had been explicitly told by his parents that they were for his party the day after at the weekend. Oh, no. He walked back in and asked for them. <laughs> <laughs> and the teacher was mortified, but managed to save face and explained how, oh, I I'm not sure where they've gone. Maybe the cleaners, have been, or maybe something had happened. <laughs> It all went fine until he looked at my desk and saw three empty packets on my
1: laptop. I don't know, that's so bad. That is I would be honest oh. I felt horrible. I'd go to the shops the, immediately, but like yeah. oh, who could... <laughs> The Mum.
0: The mum had said, make sure you bring their spare ones. Didn't didn't it wasn't just spare. Make sure you bring them back. You got your birthday party tomorrow. We'll get them <laughs>
1: out. Imagine, it's for imagine, my birthday. <laughs> just imagine leaving, right? You'd say like, Take this kid out, you are be feeling really bad. And the mum just looks to you and you've got ten Harry rings on your fingers <laughs> when you were playing with them. <laughs> Just like, I, I just don't know. I don't know what happened. I'm really sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, there were ten. There were ten packets You like, just falls out your pocket or your pocket.
1: Just, like, gummy, yeah, packets. gummy bears falling out your shirt. Where you just, You're just there, pick, picking out your tooth. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, sorry. All right, I got. Oh uh. god, something happened today. Just reminded me. I forgot to say this earlier. Today, um <laughs> I, was in, I was in my cupboard, and right. it was at lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> we've ordered a bunch of marshmallows for dt <laughs> right <laughs> to, to we're doing like we're, we're making structures with like spaghetti, with spaghetti and marshmallows yeah. okay the classic thing right and uh and we ordered too many too many marshmallows oh and oh I, oh did we oh yeah you, yeah. Did, you oh, did the math accident, you ordered yeah. twice <laughs> yeah i was like oh we need this many bags so ordered these this much <laughs> i was in my cupboard i was like hmm they're open at lunchtime and i just (laughs) ate like four of them like big ones as well these big and i came out sort of munching on the last bit of them and as i came out of my cupboard which you can't see through, so I didn't know no one was there. Just a sure. child walking through, just, just grabbing her book. And she looked at me, and I looked at her. She she knew exactly what the hell I was doing. And I just sort of smiled at her because she's, she's like one of the nicest kids ever. And I just sort of looked oh. at her. And I was like, yeah, I mean I I am eating those marshmallows that I told you not to eat in DT.
0: <laughs> Guys, it's really important. We only have enough marshmallows for every single child to build their structure. Do not <laughs> and I've got to go to the next class. But, s- but, but yeah. sir, but sir, we're the last ones to do this. They've got to go to the next class, okay? The I'll next use class next is My mouth.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was our new feature of uh, Confessions of a Teacher because I think that just allows for some really funny stories to come forward. So as always, get in touch in the email teach sleep repeat pod at gmail.com or come to our instagram and let us know your teacher confessions because that was one of my favorite uh, little bits that we've done so far on the podcast really fun definitely and um, so the last thing we want to do is the classic it's kind of linked because we've had some stories but we've got stories from the classroom hayden you've got a funny one i've got a nice one that i want to share with you before we finish this week let's jump
1: straight in nice well it's not it's not gonna be too long this week is it because my my story is fairly short but i know that you like this one It's, it's my expense so oh, um, Dylan was trying to retell me the story earlier. And I was like, no, 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 Come on, listen, listen. I'll tell the story properly on the podcast because he's forgotten. He's forgotten how it worked. How it can worked. I give the very, very
0: brief overview so you can jump in with the details? Yeah, go on, go on. So essentially what happened was in our school, we had a bit of a push at the time in English PDMs of word, meaning and vocabulary. It's a big thing for our school, making sure children <laughs> are expanding their vocabulary as much as possible. Mm. And one of the things we really focused on were strategies on how the children could work out what a word means when they just don't know, because we're gonna have test uh, test questions that say, uh, you know, uh, uh, testing them about what a word means. And sometimes the children have just never heard of it before. So we have loads of strategies that we've taught them, looking for root words, looking for a suffix, that means maybe the opposite of something, looking at the context of the whole sentence. And a really big one was <laughs> swapping the word in for a different word and seeing if it still makes sense, that kind of thing. So Hayden, obviously was reading his class text to his class, and they came across a
1: word that they were unsure of. Hayden, take it from here. (laughs) Right. First of all, context, we were reading Floodlands by Marcus Sedgwick. And the only... It's funny... That This story's come up because I'm literally reading that story at the moment with my class. And this word, I read past this word, this or last week, actually. And I was like, how funny. And I started giggling and I had to tell my class this story because they were like, why are you laughing randomly in this sentence? It wasn't (laughs) even, it was a dark sentence as well. It's like not funny. (laughs) So I want you to imagine this. If you've got a pen and paper at hand, I want you to write this word down. If not, just think of the letters, okay? Because I'm not going to tell you what it says because, you know, it's such a complex word. Mm. Ready? U N. D E R F E D. Okay. Just write that word down. Right. You might see that immediately. What's he talking about? I read that word in a sentence uh, (laughs) out loud to the class as underfed. And with my, with my, (laughs) my reading, like all this reading training we've been doing in mind, I was like, Oh, what a great opportunity. I was talking like this to the class. What a great opportunity to explore some word meaning. Because you didn't know what it meant. Because you read undurfed and yeah. never heard of it before. I was like, what was this? It was a verb. I was like, it's a verb, guys. It's being used as a verb. Okay. I think it was. It probably wasn't. An adjective, maybe. And yeah. um, and I was like, I've never heard of it before. What do we think undurfed means? Guys, 10 seconds. Talk to your partner. <laughs> read it around the sentence. <laughs> read the sentence with undurfed in it. See if you can work out what it means. So I was like, looking at my screen, thinking I'm going to get you know the dictionary up in a minute on Google or something. We'll looking at it because together. Because you didn't know it. Have you, oh, <laughs> the oh, definition <laughs> have oh, you
0: very quickly we've done yeah. that Who, which teacher has not done that before when they just don't know and they say why don't you talk about it why don't you have a little chat and you secretly yeah. go to your laptop like oh i'm <laughs> gonna search that really
1: quickly. yeah or you blag it and you're like do you know what i yeah I, I can think of the definition but there's a better one on google i'm just gonna check what it says. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just totally, i just have no idea what it means i want to make sure so, just get it right guys kids go along with it right they're thinking about what what this undirfed means all right, it was it was describing children. I just remember the context of the sentence. It was describing children in floodlands. It's like a story, like a post-apocalyptic story, right? And so undurfed like, children, community, these underfed children, a starving community, sort of thing. And um, uh, yeah, so I I go to Google and I and I start typing it in, thinking, "What's underfed mean?" <laughs> and I type in underfed, and and then they sort of give a bit of feedback of what they think it might mean. They're like, maybe it means like really skinny. Maybe because we know the context <laughs> of the centre of these children being in, like in a deprived city where there's no food left. I was like, yeah, brilliant. And I looked at I Durf and I was like, wow, like well done. Because it was, it was saying, yeah, when you've not had much food. That's fantastic. And uh, this uh, boy, and it's so annoying because this boy was like the smuggest boy in my class. I, I love this kid, but he was just... Any opportunity he could get mm, on me, he got mm, it. And yeah. this was like the ultimate win. Put his hand up, already smiling. He's like, Mr. Stevens. I was like, yes, yeah. It's like... Uh, think that says underfed (laughs) and just this like wave of embarrassment just flooded my whole head i I very very i don't get embarrassed (laughs) easy as you know i very rarely get embarrassed i'll just play it off oh Oh, man and i couldn't believe i'd spent like a whole minute doing exercise and thinking yeah yeah this is is such great this is such a good example of quality aren't i a good teacher (laughs) 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 underfed (laughs) underfed i just saw un as a prefix and thought oh root word dearth and I, that's what I said as well. I said, what do you think derf means? Oh. The root word "durf. The root word "durf." <laughs> that's what I did that. I did that. I was like, we've got un, we've got ed, thinking, oh, prefixes, suffixes. What do you think derf means? <laughs> Underf, man. What an idiot. What an idiot. Oh Underfed. And the kids just <laughs> howled. They laughed so much because they were like, That's they're always like, death. I can't believe. Because some of them probably fell into that trap as well because I convinced them. Yeah, of course. This is this other word. And they realized <laughs> it's just this under the underfed children, obviously. <sighs> I didn't even twig at the definition stage on Google. Oh, my God. I was goodness, like, oh, it's just man. another word for starving. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. So my story, I'm well aware that we go on about how we love this job and we do, but I'm worried sometimes that we kind of <laughs> fall into a trap of just going into a rant. Okay. And, and kind of complaining yeah. about something. So I wanted to finish with a nice story. Okay.
1: We like, love this job. This is about how awesome much we story. hate it. <laughs> yeah, <literally. laughs> so we, don't, so we don't
0: want that to come across, do we? I wanted to just, yeah, exactly. Get, you know, look into actually why we do love this job. And it's usually connections with the children, right. And helping them out. Uh, I taught this lad uh, previously, he's higher up in the school now, but still in the school. I had a really nice relationship with this lad. I, I felt like I really understood him and he got on with me and it was just such a nice year teaching him. I really enjoyed it. And he would have problems sometimes controlling his anger. He'd get angry very quickly. But the thing I was so proud of him about this is gonna be a story from the assembly again. I'm gonna start crying, Hayden. The thing I was really, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I'm joking. Not yet. The thing I was really proud of him, though, because over the year he really developed such maturity where you can't control getting angry. And we spoke about this. All emotions are acceptable and fine. You cannot control getting angry. He he of course you can't. You get annoyed, right? But he got so good at just recognizing it quickly, understanding mm-hmm. he was angry and taking himself out of situations. And he would frequently come up to me and say, oh, I, I'm, I've, I've got really annoyed and I've thrown my bag on the floor. And he'll say, he'll say stuff like this. And I, I would always heap him with praise, for that. Like, well done, well done, because mm-hmm. that could have escalated. You stepped away and you've told me you've recognized it. And I just remember saying to him at the end of the year, I was like, you're so ready to go up to, you know, when you make a big deal the next year, when it's yeah. really, it's not a big deal, but yeah. you're, say, <laughs> yeah. you're so ready for year five because you've got so much maturity and you really do just know when to step away. And you, I was just basically just picking him up. I was like, well done. Yeah. And um, so what happened was I was on duty and this lad, he's on, he's on the playground and the classic thing was happening. Okay, this group were just playing. He was getting frustrated because one of them maybe wasn't playing by the rules. Legitimate thing to get frustrated about. He wasn't being out of order, but he got angry. And I saw him getting angry from across the playground. So I make a beeline mm. for him straight away, right? Just so he can see me. And he clocks me. And you could see him kind of realize and go back into that moment of, okay, oh no, I'm I'm getting annoyed. Okay, I've seen Mr. Pryor, I remember Mr. Pryor. We've spoken about this before and you could just see it kind of click in his brain. And he walked yeah. over to me and I didn't even mention the fact he was getting angry, right? I just made him laugh. I just said, I said something silly. I can't remember exactly what I said, but the point was I was taking his mind off it straight away because he yeah. knew, I knew I didn't have to go and talk to him about getting angry or not because it's acceptable and he knows what to do in that situation. So we ended up just having a chat for a minute. He calmed down. He went off laughing. He was on the edge of getting really annoyed and working himself up and maybe getting upset. He went away laughing. And I was like, oh, cool. That's really nice. And I was very content at that. And what really, this, this is the part of the job that you do just love because the day after I walked into my classroom and on my desk was a note and he'd written it. And it said, um, Mr. Price is really nice. I've had him once. I've had him once I, But I want him. Uh, I want him twice. Like he wanted me when he went into year six or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As his teacher again, and I, rem- I genuinely oh. got not not upset, but I, I like you know, I, I was like that is in a picture, in a in a piece of writing there, that mm. impact that you can have on a child just by building those relationships with them and genuinely being caring and interested in what they have to say and yeah, helping yeah, them. Yeah. And I remember because he came to me after to check I got it, and and he said to me. And this was another layer to this that I really appreciated was he said, oh, did you get my letter? I was like, oh, thank you so much. It was so lovely. Uh, I really appreciate that because you were lovely as well. And I wish I could have you again in my class. That'd be really nice. Yeah. And crying. then he said, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't cry. I did cry. I, I, you know, I've had years now to practice my assembly crying. it's gone." <laughs> yeah. um, but he just said to me, He was like, yeah, uh, my mum helped me write that last night. And the, the, the idea that he'd gone home kind of just understood that interaction helped him really appreciate it and asked his mum to help him like do something to show his appreciation. That mm. really, really, really made me feel happy. And it, and again, it's the, it's those moments where you're like, this job's amazing. This job is exactly yeah. the job that I want to have because you're going to have an impact on these kids' lives.
1: I think you have basically captured the essence of what is so beautiful about this job. And it, and it is, it is enough for most of us, us included, because we're still doing it. It is enough to override all of that stuff that we joke about and we moan about and we rant about and we talk on behalf of people writing in about you know, it's enough. Those moments. That's why we do it. Yeah, that was a nice story.
0: Absolutely. And I just thought, I think every now and then we have to ground ourselves and put that out there as well because I bet you've all got a story like that, especially if you work in a school of just those moments where you go, yeah, this is what I do. This is what I do, and I love it.
1: And you know what? That. Yeah, that story's really got me thinking because, like, the, the sentimental value of that just reminds me so much of the kind of core essence of the Pritstick story that we're so oh, desperate to share. Pritstick story, it is, isn't it?
0: It's a tearjerker. It's a tearjerker. Unfortunately, mm. we are out of time for this week.
1: Are we? Oh Christ! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We won't do it now then because it's a big story. So we will obviously save it for
0: do a whole do a whole episode on it. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll do a whole, yeah. We'll do a whole episode on, on the. The pretty sick story. It's a good story. We it's a great story. It, but. Guys, thanks so, so much for time. listening. Again.
0: And if you got this far, then <laughs> thank you so much, and we really appreciate you. See you next time.
1: <laughs> thanks for being our favorite customers. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>